If I started murdering people, there'd be none of you left. We all go a little mad sometimes. Well, sometimes that is better. Welcome to the Podcast Cemetery. Podcast Cemetery, where the dead walk and we talk. We are your hosts. I'm Kyler. I'm Veronica. We're going to be going over a true crime. It's been a little bit since we've done one. Yes. And we figured it was time to bring it back. We're going over something that's a little more modern. Yeah. A little mm. more in this day and age. It's a new... A new... World. It's a new decade and new deaths. Yes. We're going to be going over the Watts family murders. Happened in 2018, August 13th, 2018, to be precise. So, if you're not aware of the Watts family murders, it involves a man named Chris Watts, who I believe is a very despicable human being. Yeah, if we're just gonna give like a generic rundown, he's a fucking ass. Yeah. He's a terrible person. Um, this is not his proper introduction. This is our own personal views. This is what we think of this man. He's a terrible person. Yes. Well, he's a terrible person. He's, <laughs> he's awful. Um, a no good scumbag. Exactly. And he is... The scum where between he, my toes. He's where he needs to be. He's uh, 100% well, where he needs to be. You think Don't that. question I don't. that. I know you do. Anywho, we're talking about the Watts family murders. I don't know if it ever got a name. Do you know if it ever got a name, like a murder name? No, I don't just, think it did. Just the Watts family murders. This isn't your backyard barbecue murder. This isn't your fucking Los Angeles drive-by. This is some serious shit. Yeah. So, um, we are a true crime and horror podcast. Mm -hmm. Disclaimer. We will be talking about things that could be a sensitive subject for yeah. certain people. Yeah, and we are going to give a fair warning before we get into any unsavory details. Yes. Um, it is... It's not puppies, rainbows, and butterflies. We're talking about... The real world sucks. Death and drama and despair and... You know, things that we see in everyday life, but some people are just more hypersensitive to the situation than others. There are some things that trigger us, and there's some things that are not. But disclaimer, this is a true crime. This is a real thing that happened, and there are real details involved in this. Yes. Like, um, just, just, just terrible things. Just not good things. I don't want to give anything away. Anywho, yeah. it is... Is it Saturday or Sunday? Yes. Oh, it's Sunday. Yeah. It's Sunday, April 19th. How are you doing? I'm I'm here, I'm okay. I'm, we've been we've been in the house a very long time. We, we finally have. got out for the first time yesterday, and we who knows have. how the fuck long. Yeah, it's been a while. We doing on an adventure. Mm. We got physical activity in. Went to the park, rode bikes, had a little picnic. It was My nice. Butt hurts. It was really pretty. My ass does hurt. <laughs> that is very true. Um, 
You got to keep your body. You got to keep your yourself maintained in this situation like this. You Don't find let yourself to... go. I understand we're all confined to our houses, but like, dedicate yourself to a passion or a pastime. Yeah, you have to find something to occupy yourself. Like we, during this quarantine, we bought bikes. We did buy bikes, and we've gone bike riding. We got um, we're both into like weird performance things, I guess you could say. And We're sideshow acts is what we are. Basically, and <laughs> Veronica got, like, an LED contact staff, and I got an LED rope dart that we're just fucking around with and trying to learn and just keep ourselves occupied, basically. Play with your dogs. Something. Play with your animals. Clean your house. Do home products you haven't done. Take a walk. Yeah. Wear so. your mask. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. Sanitize your hands. Please, for the love of God, if you... Okay. <laughs> little bit of hypocrisy. <laughs> if you don't have to go out, don't do it. Yes. But if you have to go out, please make sure you're taking all the necessary precautions. We know that this is a very stressful and very confusing time, but please keep your wits about you. Yes. Don't be an asshole and protest at your local city hall. No. <laughs> you can wait to get a haircut. Yes. <laughs> or, like, go on an adventure, like us. Like, have your significant other color and dye your hair and cut it. Or yeah, just make make sure in whatever you do that you are staying safe. That like, is number yes, one priority. We did go to the park, but everybody in our area was practicing proper social distancing. Exactly. Um, take care of yourselves in your community. Don't, don't, when you go out, if you go out, don't have the intention of just protecting yourself. Make sure you're protecting your loved ones and the people that you yes. care about, and not even that, your community. Because anything you do could interfere in your community, which ultimately could create more fucking chaos, and we don't need any more mm -hmm. chaos. We need... I sound like a fucking hippie. Somebody needs to take me out <laughs> back and shoot me. Um, just respect each other. Yeah. Respect each other. I understand this is a time where we have serious divides and opinions. We're not, we're not a political podcast. We will not go into that. We are frequenters of Reddit, and we do see some of the crazy shit that people are pulling out. But I do say is there are wrongs and rights on both sides of the party. Yeah. Nobody's fucking perfect. We just have to do what we have to do. Yes. Um, we have to do what is the best decisions for ourselves and the people we love and care about. Yeah. So whether that is whatever you decide or whether you don't decide to do, just... The the CDC is not a fucking liar. No. Wash your hands, like Kyla said. Practice personal hygiene. Wear a face mask if available. If not available, there are plenty of people in your community you could reach out to to get masks. Exactly. Within look the on past. a Facebook group. Look on your Instagram groups. Um, yeah, contact within, a neighbor. Yeah. Within the past week, we've had probably three friends of ours yes. message us on social media asking if we need masks. Contact your community. Get into your contact with people in your area. They can help you with that stuff. Mm -hmm. Same with supplies and food. It is 100% your responsibility at this time to yeah. take your precautions to keep yourself and others safe. So just take that into consideration. But anywho, we are doing good. We're all healthy here. <laughs> we are fine. We are A+. Plus. Yes. We are healthy. Um, the only thing we have is smoker's cough. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to us. Anywho, we're all good. The family's good. Mm. The mom's good. Your mom good? Your mom's yeah. good. I hope your mom's good, too. <laughs> Tell everybody's moms I said hi. With all that being said, I think it's about time to get into it. Yeah, let's talk about some stuff to get our mind off of yeah. now, the fucked up shit in the world. I did a lot of stuff um, further on into the case. Mm. 
and you took a lot of stuff before the case. A lot of information that I had no fucking clue about. You know, because I like getting involved in personal lives. Yes. So, so we're going to give you a little rundown of the family before, we're going to call it the incident. Yeah, the, the, before, well, it's called the Watts Family Murders. Yeah. We already said that. Before the murders. <laughs> um, so we have your everyday grilling in the backyard looking ass white suburban couple yes um <laughs> loves sports loves women <clears throat> loves trucks yep type man and his name is christopher lee watts um or as at, i like to call him <laughs> lying piece of shit at the time he was the age of 33 currently he is 34 and then you had his beautiful independent practically self-employed wife Shanann Catherine Watts. I, I just want to take a second to say that it took me about like a third of the way through the research to realize that her name was Shanann and not Shannon. Yeah. That I, is, I, I know. It, that fucked me up a little bit. Alright, sorry to interject. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, maiden last name is Rusick. Mm. Um, she's 34 years old. They have their first daughter, which is Bella Marie Watts. She's age four. Then we have their youngest daughter, which is Celeste Catherine Watts, goes by the name Cece. Yeah. And you will hear that name brought up more, actually, than her real name. Yeah. Um, she's the age of three. Both of these babies were beautiful babies. babies. <laughs> They're babies. They're beautiful babies, though. Um, Chris and Shanann were both from Aberdeen, North Carolina. They had met on Facebook through mm -hmm. friends in 2010. They got married in McKinleyburg, North Carolina on November 3rd, 2012. Um, in North Carolina, when they got married, they owned a almost $500,000 home in That's North insane. Carolina after they had gotten married. Um, <clears throat> and then within, I guess, a couple of months... They had their first baby. Yeah. Um, their first baby, Bella. And then they had their first baby, their second baby, which is Celeste. And all this happened in North Carolina, where Shanann's family is from. Where and Chris's family is Chris from. Chris's family is well. from, where they're both from. I think they both went to college out there, too, as well. Um, and then around the time of Bella being three and Celeste being two. The family made a ginormous move across fucking country. Yeah. And there's rumors and speculations of why the family moved. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people say that it's because they wanted their independence and wanted to be away from their family. Yeah. A lot of people say because the job... The profitability of them having better paying jobs was higher to be uh -huh. outside of the South. Um, and then also people say it's because Shanann had a lifelong chronic illness, lupus... And mm. Colorado is one of those good cush states. She wanted to get that good good. So, um, gas. There's a bunch of rumors. I nobody knows the truth. Uh, mm. I'm sure somebody knows the truth. Their parents, which she I can't, I can't call those people. Anywho, um, they moved <clears throat> into a whopping five bedroom home in Frederick, Colorado, purchased in 2013. Um, and it was. Almost a six hundred thousand dollar home in the middle Jesus. of 
suburbia, white Colorado suburbia. Mm. Um, Shanann was a nurse, and after the baby started getting older, she decided to make the change of employment yeah. to be stay-at-home mother. Um, she worked for a company called Lavelle. Mm-hmm. Lavelle is one of those companies. Here we go into this uh, multi-level it, it marketing like type a, of job. It almost sounds like a pyramid scheme. It does almost sound like a pyramid scheme. So if you guys know what like Young Living is, which is an essential oil business, or Dutera, which is an essential oil business, you have un- more companies like that that are considered to be health and wellness companies. Mm-hmm. So it was an MLM, which is a multi-level marketing type of thing. Um where she was working as a private seller and purchaser. Yeah. So you kind of have to like buy into it to get money out of it when you first start. Uh-huh. Um, but the company itself um, in 2018 broke as a $1 billion company in less than five years. Yeah. So, um, and what they say is it's rumored and I'm pretty sure it's statistic if you're living in a damn near $500,000 home mm-hmm. is that she was making $80,000 a year with Thrive while also doing trips in different states and wellness groups in places and with this when you work for a multi-level media marketing company mm-hmm. you have a social media presence like us that was was Thrive part of Lavelle Thrive Thrive yes Lavelle is the head company Thrive mm-hmm. is the moderator company of that okay so lavelle is the big house like the corporate yeah and then thrive is a branch from lavelle mm-hmm. so lavelle has multiple mll com- like mlm companies okay. um but anyway it m- ultimately led her to being a social media influencer per se so she had a seriously active Instagram and Facebook and she, she did she did YouTube videos yeah. and she did live streams which involved her job that's how she made her money and she did all of her work from home not only from home but from her cell yes, phone from her phone which that is impressive impressive you can pretty much only do that now if you're like a fucking TikTok star oh yeah which is not even a fucking that's not even employment I would hey, consider yeah, that employment um but yes, she worked from her phone. She worked from home. Huge, actually. Really large social media following. Yeah. Um, considering that her social media following included her customers as well as other people that worked for that company. Uh-huh. Um, which she actually met one of her closest friends from in Colorado, which is a woman named Nicole Atkinson, who is also a Thrive sales lady. I'm kind of, mm-hmm. like, going to explain it in the sense that, like, Back in the, the early 2000s, we had um, Mary Kay and Avon. Kind of along those lines, I but guess, But yeah. for, like, health and wellness. For, like, Instagram fitness gurus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I would explain it as. Yeah. And, um... I, I think this is the right Thrive page that I'm on right now. I think so. And as of right now, it looks like it has over 600,000 Instagram Follow- followers. Anywho, we also have Chris, the husband. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget about him. He was in the oil industry. Um, you're going to have to pronounce this. What is it? Uh, Anna Darko Petroleum. Yeah. Anna Darko Petroleum. Which is a 
it, it is a little bit outside of Frederick, Colorado, where their house is, where their house was. Uh -huh. Um, he had a, he was a, um, a supervisor? I think... He, he wasn't some... okay, so he was like up there, but he wasn't up there. Like he still had a foreman that he had to yeah. come to for guidance and for so like kind of like in my retail, like an assistant manager, I would assume, because he was making a pretty hefty amount of money. So anywho, the combined income supposedly for this family was ninety one thousand um, dollars, with Shanann making roughly. The, the large percent of it, uh -huh. and then um, Chris making anywhere from sixty three thousand dollars to seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, um, and that's how these guys. I'm sorry, I don't mean to jump ahead, but that's how these guys could afford to send their children to the fucking school that they went to. Yeah, and so we have Bella and we have Celeste. They're little little littles. Um, they both go to a pre-education... It's what early development school. Yes, um, called Primrose, which is not just... It's not just exclusive to Colorado. They have locations everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, but for supposedly for each child, the estimated price is anywhere from 200 to $800. So we kind of shot for the middle price as if they were paying $600 a week for each baby. Mm -hmm. So a combined cost for their school is $40,000 a year. Yeah, it's... It, I, I can't even wrap my head around yeah. that. Like, that's... Like, college. No, it's nuts. It's insane. That's college before college. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um... At this time, it was 2018. Right? What? 2016? What? When, when it happened? Mm-hmm. No, 2018. Okay. It was 2018, and, and currently in 2018, we have this white picket fence, beautiful family, um, as far as everybody has word of mouth through their relationship, um, fairly normal. Yeah, they, uh, Shanann was previously <clears throat> married before yeah. she met Chris. Chris had no, not been married. Mm -hmm. Um, they had two little girls, and they had a big house, they had the dog. Oh, um, they also had one on the way. I was getting there. Oh, sorry. Thank you. <laughs> um, yes, and as of 2018, um, <clears throat> around the springtime of 2018, Shanann found out that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, which, the video of Chris's reaction is actually on YouTube, because yeah. she recorded it, because she had a huge social media presence. She was constantly mm -hmm. filming her life and live streaming her life part of her employment yeah. um a, a, yeah. ma a majority of our research that we did did come from actual videos so mm -hmm. we watched actual videos of the couple that they had taken from themselves we watched police body cam footage mm -hmm. uh courtroom footage interview room footage we found access to official documents of autopsy records court documents everything like that handwritten statements that have been like scanned into whatever so you can view them in pdf form yeah um anyhow i'm gonna backtrack a little bit because you interrupted me about the <laughs> baby um in their early days both of them were college graduates as well um chris was a steelers fan and uh shanann was married Pretty much like right out of college, yeah. um, originally, to a man named 
Leonard King, and they were married from 2003 to 2007. Mm. In 2008, in South Carolina, is when they divorced. Um, her ex-husband has nothing but decent things to say to her. Yeah. Oddly enough, there is in a interview that he had. Um, he was asked if they had contact with each other after she had married Chris and had the babies and moved away, and he said no, that they hadn't spoken ten years. Yeah. So they did not, after they got divorced, they pretty much cut, it was like, high and dry, and it was done. It was over. But, while they were together, he did say that, <clears throat> excuse me, she was fairly non-confrontational. Yeah, she was like, uh, one of those people that if you get in a fight with, that they kind of shut down and yeah. walk away. Which, has no relevancy at the moment. Yeah. But it, it may present itself. Um, anyway, back to the baby. She found that she was pregnant um, in the spring of 2018. Mm -hmm. And a little bit more in towards the summer of 2018, she found out that they were having a boy. Yeah. And the boy had already been named. And the name was Nico Lee Watts, mm -hmm. which means they are carrying the la the middle names of the husband and yeah. the wife and their babies, which I find <laughs> is cute because I have my mom's middle name. Um, but that was the normal, everyday, upper-middle-class family living in uh -huh. uh, Frederick, Colorado. So... We're going to, like, speed ourselves up to the spring of 2018. Uh-huh. Roughly around end of April to middle of May. Um, so, since they moved out to Colorado, Chris had been employed with Anadarko Petroleum. And Shanann was practically a stay-at-home working mom for Thrive. And they pretty much kept to themselves. They did family trips, yep. and they went and saw their own families in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. And they had, you know, via Skype communication with their parents. But for the most part, they stayed in Colorado. Lived their own lives independently as their family while communicating with their own. Yeah. And Shanann had her own friends in Colorado, and Chris had his own friends in Colorado. So they had their own lives away from their parents. Chris had some very good friends in Colorado. Um, he worked for a pretty large petroleum company. Like, one of the biggest petroleum companies in Colorado. Um, while he was working there, a young, <laughs> spry, 30-year-old woman named Nicole Kissinger got employed with Anadarko Petroleum. Mm. Um, Nicole was a graduate with a bachelor's degree in geology, um, who was pretty much born and raised in Colorado. Yeah. She knows nothing other than Colorado. She <clears throat> spent her life in multiple different places in Colorado, but stayed in the state of Colorado. So, I mean, I guess having a degree in geology, geology which is rocks and dirt, <laughs> that going into a business that drills into rocks and dirt makes sense um not out of the not out of the blue not weird nothing right um she worked as a she was like hired as a contract worker so she was never fully employed by that company she worked almost like a temp 
Yes. So they come in and do their business and leave. Mm -hmm. So like when we get our um, stores, we do our inventory. Yeah. uh, An outside company comes in, but they still work for our company. Yeah. So that's what she did. Um, Her job at Anadarko required her to manage gas monitors. Um, Which which sounds very... Boring, boring and obsolete. Yeah, it, it sounds does. incredibly fucking boring. It's literally, I just picture someone just like staring at a fucking monitor and be like, "That's a number." Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's good right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a number. Um. So when she got on there, she got on there around the time of probably about this time in twenty eighteen. She worked there for a couple weeks, and that's where she met Christopher Lee Watts, who was a, I'm not going to say tall, dark, and handsome, because he's none of the above. No, he's kind of small. He's okay looking. He's honestly, like, we have to, like, give you details about this man's appearance, because some of the shit that we have to talk about dumbfounds me about how people fell into this hole. He's 33 years old. And he already has that, like, salt and pepper hair. Yes. He's tattooed. He does have tattoos. That is agreeable. Um, but he's like an average-looking Caucasian guy. Yeah. He's not terrible-looking, but he's not great-looking. Nothing, nothing really of note. Like no. if you If you would pass him on the side of the street, you would forget him in three seconds. Yes, but he was still like a decent... He was... This is the thing. He cared about his parents. His wife worked for a health and wellness company. Yeah. He was aware of what his parents looked like. He worked out Every day, regularly. He, what did and he say? He woke up in the morning at four o'clock in the morning to work out before work. No, before he met Shanann, he said he weighed like two forty-five, and when he got with Shanann, he started looking after his health more. And he started weighing like one seventy. Buying into Thrive and yes. using their products, and got down to like one eighty, one seventy. Yeah. So this man was very conscious of what he looked like. Yeah. No, he was. Um, he dressed really nice. Uh, we can thank his wife for doing the laundry. You know. Um. But he, he did present himself well. Yeah. He was very conscious of his physique and the way his body was built and what he put in his body. Um, so you have this 30-year-old woman, which is honestly not much younger than his wife. Younger than him a little bit, just a hair. Mm-hmm. She meets this man. Um, they have a couple interactions, according to other employees at this business. They have a couple interactions, a couple pass-bys. They work... In the same areas a couple of times, and they talk a couple of times. Um, eventually, one of the two found the other one attractive. They started to conversate more. I'm sure there was a, an exchange, a verbal exchange, requiring phone information. And then they started communicating more often. They started... People started noticing them talk to each other at work more often and eat lunch together and, you know, then they started texting each other outside of the home. And then it started to become slowly over time from a friendship to a romantic kind of thing developing. They was fucking. (laughs) I don't know if they were just yet, but... um, (laughs) That's what I'm going to say. So... The affair officially started from quotes of Christopher Lee Watts around July of 2018. But they have, there are records that withhold them having 
romantic text exchange as far back as May. So he was having an affair around the time that he got his wife pregnant. Pregnant. Yes. Which is absolutely fucked. Yeah. No, this guy has no morals. We'll find this out more and more. He has no uh, morals. Um, and so we're going to give, like, I'm going to give a small rundown of what Nicole Kissinger knew. What she was said that she verbally said she was aware of. She verbally said that she was aware of that Chris was <laughs> a married man. Yep. But he was an A-plus progress of divorce, a.k.a. middle that's, of divorce. That's what Chris had told her. Yes. That she was in the middle, that he was in the middle <clears throat> of a divorce. They were living together. She was aware that he had daughters and that he had a wife, but mm -hmm. they were not intimate and or romantic and were already steadily separating. Yeah. She should have called Shanann and asked that because the fucking answer would have been wrong. Yeah. Anywho... Um, so she was aware of him being with a his, wife his and His whole situation, basically. Besides... So at this point, she had just made herself accepted. She had accepted in life that she was going to be this mistress, which is fucked. Anywho, don't be a fucking homewrecker. Right now, I'm going to give a disclaimer. <laughs> don't be a homewrecker. It gets you nowhere. Unless you're in one of those relationships where your significant other allows it, which I, I, I don't get it. But, We're not talking hey, about that. Don't more power that. to you. I don't judge. Don't grind on other people's fucking no, lifestyles. I don't judge. I don't judge. I just... I don't share. I don't judge, but I... Okay. <laughs> Anywho. So, he tells her he was in the middle of a divorce. Um, and they have a couple adventures together, let's just say. Yeah. But before the adventures occur, they lived through a digital relationship. Mm -hmm. Sending each other nudes, sexting, seeing each other at work, probably making out on their lunch breaks, probably yeah. fucking in each other's cars type thing, whatever. <laughs> but this is around the time in July when Shan decides to go spend some time with her family in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Shanann takes these sweet baby girls to North Carolina to spend time with her parents and Chris's parents. So she goes there to stay with her parents and I'm sure, you know, shuttles them off to Chris's parents and then back forth and whatever. Yeah. And um, what Shanann's parents have on record saying is that it helped them financially while so that they didn't have to pay for the girls' school. Mm -hmm. And then that's when a big knock came on the fucking door that Shanann was bailing out of the financial cost of the girls' school. Yeah. Everybody wondered why. Curiosity built. And then shit came fucking knocking. Yeah. And what shit was knocking was the HOA, the Homeowners Association, came knocking with a big fucking letter saying, your ass is being sued. Mm -hmm. So um, it first started with their HOA suing them for um, roughly $1,200. And then the interest peaked on everybody's part. And then um, it came out that they were almost $100,000 in debt when yeah. the HOA came knocking on their door. So, this beautiful fucking life that they had 
these nice schools that these girls go to, the nice cars they drive, the Lexuses, the half a million dollar house they live in, was a big old fucking fraud at this point. When you start shitting your money down the drain. Yeah, it, it just goes to show that, like, people may present themselves in a certain light, but... The only they don't always have their shit together. Exactly. The only people that really know what's going on behind closed doors are those people. Yeah, but then you also people, the richest people in the world, look homeless yeah. every fucking day of their life. Um, but yes, that was the peak of financial turmoil for this family. So by Shanann taking the girls out of school for six weeks during the summer and working from her parents' home in South Carolina, North Carolina, my bad, She's not paying for the school, which is anywhere from two hundred to six hundred dollars a week. Yeah. She's not paying the expensive lifestyle prices of living in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, and her husband's at home maintaining the house and working. And fucking his mistress. <laughs> yes. Um. <laughs> so six weeks is a long time to be separated from your partner. Yeah. Um. But they weren't it, totally separated. Um. Chris had seen her for like a weekend or two uh-huh. um, while they were in North Carolina. It, it, it was pretty much the time that they needed to really decide yes. what to do with their relationship and their marriage. Yeah. Um, but he was at home fucking a whore um, and she <laughs> was taking care of those babies. Um, Not the whore wasn't taking care of the babies. The <laughs> But any, while she was there, um, an incident happened, which put more icing on the cake. So in the six weeks that Shanann had the babies in North Carolina, Chris Watts and his uh, mistress, Mistress. Nicole Kissinger, were taking fucking little couples fucking retreats and trips and shit (laughs) and um a couple of those retreats were a car museum which is probably a day trip wow romantic the speedway how fucking not exciting Mm -hmm. um going to the the fucking dunes of colorado um and um there's this thing called uh when you go under fbi investigation they look at your phone and I love this. And one of those things is they can see all of your Google searches and all of your Google history. Even if you hit that little button oh, in your God, Google Oh, God, yeah. Even when you hit the little gut, like button on your Google and your phone that says clear cookies and history, they're still not gone forever. Just for the record. Mm-hmm. Um, one of those things was on the weekend of July 28th to the 29th, which is a little bit into this... Uh, according to Chris, a little bit into this affair. Um, such bullshit. That go- <laughs> it's such bullshit. Like, come the fuck on, That dude. there is Google searches of him saying, like putting into the Google search bar, how does it feel when somebody says, I love you, question mark. <laughs> I don't know. How did it feel when your wife does every fucking day? Is, is this guy... This such this much of a fucking loser that he needs to be like <laughs> I need to know what what it means to be told this. <laughs> All I'm thinking when I hear that is like how does it feel when your wife tells you? It's just and, and you probably no, she probably doesn't fucking say it anymore because they're 
relationship is in fucking shambles. And another one is, when to say I love you, question mark. I don't know, fucking almost six years ago when you <clears throat> married your wife. Yeah, fucking fuck. <laughs> it just it's 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 such a pathetic thing. He he's a sociopath. They don't know how to comprehend emotions. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um but while he was Google searching how to fucking communicate I love you to his whore, um his wife had their daughters at his parents' house. While those babies were at her parents' house, they were, I'm being, I'm sure they were being taken care of well. Yeah. I'm sure they were being, you know, watched over responsibly. But, um, Cece had a peanut allergy. But not a peanut allergy. Tree not nut. a normal peanut allergy. A tree nut allergy. So I found, I had to learn the difference. I am 24 years old and I had to learn the difference. <laughs> a peanut allergy is a ground nut. Anything, any nuts that grow on the ground. A tree nut is any nut that grows in a tree. Which I should have recognized that a tree nut. But I didn't know yeah. the difference between like a peanut and a tree nut. I, I thought I thought they were all one and the same. Yeah. yeah, but they're not. And allergies are different for each one of those. So like a peanut allergy is a peanut. The stuff that your peanut butter is made out of. And... Wait. Peanut butter is made of peanuts? <laughs> you fucker, yes, I know. But a tree nut allergy are things like pistachios and almonds and cashews, coconuts, things that grow nuts. Sure, just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> nuts that grow in trees. Oh, Lord. Coconuts grow in trees, I didn't know that. <laughs> Anyway, it was a, I guess it was a family affair over at the house because Chris's nephews and nieces were over there too as well. And Cece, as any child would, request ice cream. And um, she requests ice cream and his nephew gave Cece ice cream. Didn't comprehend him which mm. i mean honestly if he was a child or a teenager he probably didn't fucking realize yeah. it but he gives her ice cream and the ice cream is pistachio ice cream and cc has an allergic reaction shanann loses her shit she becomes absolutely terrified for her daughter's life mm -hmm. and with that that is around the time the weekend that chris watts leaves his dune camping trip that kyler was talking about <laughs> with his whore, to get on the plane to fly to North Carolina to see his wife and kids. That is when he gets off the plane, they have an interaction, he doesn't kiss her when she asks for it, and they go back to the house, and I guess Shanann made the decision to have Chris's parents, while it stands, mm -hmm. cur currently no longer see the girls. Yeah. So, everything is slowly adding onto this table. Financial turmoil is on this table. A mistress, a failing marriage with a fucking man fucking another woman. Yeah. You know, then Shanann being emotionally distraught and making probably rash and decisions. The and added stress of a pregnancy. Yes, and then her making rash decisions while she's stressed out, like cutting Chris's family off <clears throat> from the girls. Yeah. So then they all fly back home. Um... 
around the end of July, the 30th. Um, they spend a week back home in Colorado. Who knows, doing what, living their normal life, trying to cope with all the shit that's happening. Um, and then... What is that date? Oh, okay. And then... Um, <laughs> The 12th of July rolls around, or the 12th of August rolls around. So it's been about a week since the end of the July and mm -hmm. the beginning of, like, the past week has been the beginning of August. So Saturday, um, Shanann goes on a trip for Thrive to Arizona, mm -hmm. um, which is August 12th. Yeah. And she comes back home on Monday the 13th she gets back into colorado earlier but yeah. she does not get into her home until roughly monday morning at 1 49 at night mm -hmm. like in the morning because she had a delayed flight and her friend nicole who also was on this trip with her pick you know they leave the airport together yeah. and then they she dropped her off because they actually live just a couple blocks from each other um that night shanann informs nicole that she would like her to come with her to a ultrasound an appointment for the baby. Yeah. Um, so, which so they had made plans. Yeah, they made the plans. Day. Just like, yeah. <laughs> which was for an ultrasound for the baby, and Nicole was going to take her because both of them work from home. You know, they work from mm -hmm. home. They have the flexibility to do this kind of thing on a Monday morning. Um. So around noon, she was expected to go pick her up. And then. So that time. Wait. Okay. <laughs> She drops her off at 1.48 in the morning. They say goodbye. And then she's expected to pick her up in the morning. Yeah. Then, the next day rolls around, and no word from Shanann. Absolutely nothing. Radio silence. Exactly. And uh, Nicole was expecting to hear from her that morning. But she had her suspicions, because... Nicole had said that over the trip in Arizona that they spent together, Shanann was acting disassociated. Yeah. She was acting depressed and wasn't eating, wasn't drinking. Her friends had to kind of coerce her into feeling better mm -hmm. and doing things. Yeah. And that's when she actually brought up a suspicion to her best friend, Nicole, that she felt as though that her husband may be having an affair. Yeah. So when she did not receive a phone call from her best friend, Shanann, that morning of to pick <clears throat> her up for her doctor's appointment, uh -huh. she probably felt the need to go check on her since she had just kind of left her friend in an emotionally torn up state. Yeah. So Nicole gets to the house around noon. Oh, dear Lord, everything just broke. <laughs> <laughs> Our little setup that we had just fell over and almost killed us. Anyway. <laughs> Nicole gets to the house around noon and there's no sign of anyone in the house. The the house is completely barren. There's absolutely nothing. And worried. So she ends up calling the police. And... In texting Chris. Yeah, she calls the police and texts Chris. And the police get there. A officer gets there. What was his name? Uh, Coonrod? 
Yasukura. Well, she couldn't get into the garage to see if Shanann's car was there. Yeah, every, everything was locked was up. She was looking through the windows and can't see any signs of anybody. I'm sure that the little dogs were running around barking. And yeah. She texted Chris and he was no help. Mm. And so, out of panic, when you had just left your friend in an emotionally distraught state, you would you would probably make the decision to call the police. Yeah. So the police arrive and uh, Officer Coonrod's going around the house. He's looking in windows. He's knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, mm-hmm. which they had one of them fancy camera doorbells, which uh, I think it was a Vivint. Vivint, yeah. It's a Vivint like a ring doorbell. doorbell. Yeah. And ringing the doorbell, knocking on the door, going to windows, going around the side of the house yeah. and um, climbing in this little like well area to look inside and the officer doesn't see anyone. Yeah. So, he's asking next? all these standard questions. Is she a diabetic? Could she be yeah. passed out? Like exactly. But there is nothing in this house. No sign of any person inside this house. Uh-uh. Then the cop ends up getting Chris's phone number from Nicole mm-hmm. and calls Chris saying, "Hey, um, your wife's friend called me. I'm here. No one's answering. Can you?" Please come here to open up the house so we can go inside. Mm -hmm. About 20 minutes after that, Chris ends up coming home. Mm -hmm. It's... When he first gets there, he does seem to have a sense of urgency. A little bit. Because he does... He does get out and, like, jog around his truck. We're all... We are also referencing these emotions and these expressions of their faces and their body movements based off of a body cam footage. Yeah. That was the body cam that was on Officer Coonrod. Yeah. So all, all of this footage is very easily accessible. Go into YouTube, type it in, yes. you'll find it in two point five seconds. We're gonna quote our sources. Yes. <laughs> uh Crime Vault YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Thank you. But uh Chris ends up getting there, he opens a garage door and he goes this is when we find out that Shanann's car is still in the garage. Not only is it still in the garage, but he ends up going into her car. Opening the passenger side door. Open the passenger side of the car, and it looks like he takes something out of the car. Who There's speculation the as is. to what he took out of the car. Uh-huh. No one knows entirely for sure. Mm-hmm. So he goes into the door <clears throat> that's inside the garage, at least in the house. And it takes about a minute, a minute and a half for him to get to the front door. Mm-hmm. Which kind of seems absurd. Oh, yeah, he walked through this whole fucking house before he got to the front door. Now, there's some speculation as what happened in that minute to a minute and a half. Yes. Which we're going to get into a little bit later. But Chris ends up opening the door. The front door. The front door of the house, and the officer... And Nicole, and Nicole's son, who was with her, is, I believe his name was Nick. For her older son, yeah. yeah. And then also her daughter. And everyone goes into the house. After a little bit of questioning from the officer, and she's like, do you know where she might be? Have you tried to contact her? He had sent a text to her. Yeah. Roughly around 8 o'clock. So, uh, yeah, around like 7, 8 o'clock. Asking her if she was doing okay. Yeah, I think it was something pertaining to the girls with school. Yeah, if he was, do- if she was doing okay, and if the girls had like gone to school or yeah. something like that. 
But that was what he was saying uh-huh. as a reference that the only time he had spoke to her. And then yeah. the cop said, did she get back to you? And he said no. Yeah. And he just kind of nonchalantly accepted that as, like, something that normally happens between mm-hmm. them. And after a little bit of this going on with the officer asking questions, Chris answering them, Chris doesn't seem worried in the slightest. Yeah. He is eerily nonchalant about the entire situation. Oh, yeah. And Chris ends up, quote-unquote, finding Shanann's phone. On the couch. Yeah. hmm Which, as we said, Shanann's phone was her job. It was her lifeline of employment. Exactly. Yeah. That is how she made money, was through her phone. Which kind of seems odd that... Somebody that's employed through their phone. Exactly. Their phone. Like, yeah. if your job is your phone, you're going to have that fucking thing on you <laughs> 24-7. It is literally your job. And the officer asked when the last time he saw Sunan was... When the last time he uh, saw Shanann was, which he said was about at 5.15, 5.30, when he had left for work that morning. And more of the same old goes on. Officer asking questions. You know where she might be. Can you call these people? Can you call these people? Do you guys have a... There's a pool in the community. Could they be at the pool that they're at? Yeah. And Nicole's son comes up the stairs to the home... And says that um, their neighbor, neighbor, Nate, that he had a security camera as well that was pointed towards... It wasn't a vivid doorbell or ring doorbell. It was like a legitimate... uh, Security camera for his home. Uh, Nate's security camera pointed at Nate's driveway, which caught a little glimpse of Chris's house. Mm -hmm. And in that glimpse of Chris's house, the only thing that could be seen is Chris leaving in that morning. The right side of the driveway. Yeah. And it it shows Chris pulling his truck. Anywho, to get to the point that you're explaining, Nicole's son comes up the stairs and informs the officer that Nate has the camera footage. Because prior he said, do your neighbors have any cameras to see if she had gone anywhere? And he said, yes. And then that's when Chris, or Nate, mm-hmm. informs them that he has the cameras. Yeah. So then the officer, Coonrod, and Chris, and Nicole's son, go over to Nate's house so that they can watch this footage. No, they're still in Chris's house. Nate brings over the footage, but... <clears throat> no! Nate doesn't bring over the footage. They go over to Nate's house for the footage. No, they don't. Yes, they do. He pulls it up on his TV in his living room. I thought it was at Chris's house. They no. didn't leave Chris's house. Yeah, they did. Because Chris has to go back out of the house and go over to his house when the detectives show up. Oh, well, before that even happens, Chris, after Nick comes back from Nate's house saying that he has camera footage, Chris... Anyway, um, we had to stop recording for a second, but as I was saying, before they ended up going over to Nate's house, and, um, like, right after Nick comes back from Nate's house, Chris goes into, um, his and Shanann's bedroom one more time. When he comes back out, he goes over to Nicole, and he's holding his finger out. And he has Shanann's wedding ring 
on his finger. He said that he had apparently found it on the nightstand. You can see him going on... in his pocket when he walks in that door. Yeah. So, it's... Uh, it, it's up for speculation whether he took it from his pocket or that minute, minute and a half it took him to go and answer the door where he, like, went and planted it. But he comes out with the wedding ring. Yeah. On his finger, which is a very odd way. Mm-hmm. And there's no emotional inflection. Yeah, he he. It's it's a very matter of fact thing. Also, like it happens it gets, like, every it's, day. It's just like then now like nitty gritty shit that's weird. Like Nicole knows the password to her phone, but he doesn't. Yeah, and he's her husband. What the fuck? Yeah, and it's... then like he doesn't know her friends, and he asks Nicole, uh huh, like who her friends are, like who she would be with. Yeah, and then like even more weird shit like. He doesn't know, like, the passwords to their joint bank accounts. Uh-huh. Like, are you really her husband? Like, don't you think that if you've had a partnership for an extended amount of time, had yeah. two kids, that more of this information would be shared and you would have more of, like, a middle ground for information? Exactly. You. Th this is shit that... Normal couples would communicate yeah, like, to each other. You you know the password to my phone. I know the password to your phone. You know passwords to my accounts for shit. I know the passwords to your accounts for and shit. We've, and we've only... only been dating for just over a year. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not because we don't trust each other. Don't think we're freaks. Yeah, no. We're it's just, just, because, we're just like, open with each other. If I, for instance, <laughs> something were to happen to me and he needed to get in my phone for anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, after that whole situation with the ring, uh, where am I at? <clears throat> Oh, Chris finally tells the officer that before he left for work for the morning, Shanann had told Chris that she was going to take the girls to a friend's house. Just a friend. That's all the information but he like, gives. But, like, not no, her best friend. Who? <laughs> no name, no place, no time, nothing. He said that the only thing Shanann said was that she's taking the girls to a friend's house, where... I'm sorry. If if I was him, if you like, what, what friend? Not out of, like, um, me not trusting her. Just if something were to happen, I would want to know where you are. And like, also, he doesn't specify that she gave him like a time exactly. of when she would leave or when she would be home, if she would even be home. Yeah. Like. It's, and then, I mean, while you gotta understand this too, while he's explaining this to the officer that is there on his property, mm -hmm. Nicole is like watching him and looking at him and like, and she's <laughs> making faces like. <laughs> one of, I think it's a little bit before this, but one of my favorite favorite things in this entire fiasco is that at one point. The officer grabs his radio on his chest. Technical difficulties had to stop recording again. As I was saying, again, one of my favorite parts in this is when Chris has his face in his phone. The officer walks behind him. He ends up grabbing, um, the officer grabs the radio on his chest to, I guess, call to his, um, precinct or whatever. <laughs> and when the officer starts talking into his radio... I swear to God, Chris almost broke his fucking neck looking at this officer. He turned his head so goddamn quick 
because he was so interested in what this officer was saying, mm-hmm. which I think he was fucking scared no, and nervous. Mm-hmm. He almost broke his fucking neck. Mm-hmm. But besides that, after the whole ring thing and Nick coming back, they end up going over to Nate's house to look at the surveillance footage of uh, that morning when Chris had left for work. And in that footage, we were able to see uh, Chris's truck being backed up into the open garage, and we see Chris going in and out of the house. Mm-hmm, multiple times. And he's, as <clears throat> as the footage is going on, Chris is explaining to the officer, he's like, oh, I'm just going and grabbing my lunchbox and containers that I take to work and he my takes backpack tools with tools. out of his truck and he puts them exactly, back in. Exactly, yeah. He's basically just going over what he's doing in detail that probably isn't very needed, but I could imagine that the officer would probably ask, like, oh, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. While they were looking at this footage, a uh, the officer had called the detective to come in. Yes. And after they were done reviewing the footage, the officer asked Chris, hey, I have a detective outside. Would you mind going out and talking to him and basically just telling him the story of what you've already told me. And Chris goes, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. So Chris ends up leaving, which leaves uh, Officer Coonrod and Big Nate alone in Nate's house. Mm-hmm. And I fucking love Nate. Mm-hmm. I love Nate. Nate cracked the fucking case. After Chris walks out of Nate's house, Nate goes up to the officer and he's like, he's not acting right. And the officer goes, what do you mean? Yeah. And then Nate says, he's usually a really quiet dude. Mm-hmm. He's usually a guy that doesn't really say much. He just kind of floats around and doesn't really, like, talk to people. He's really quiet. He goes, he barely even talks to me. And now he's being all chatty. Yeah, and now he's being talky and talking a lot. And he's like, he's like, he's just being downright weird. Yeah, basically then, Nate is like something does not feel right. And then the cop, like, is like, hey, just elaborate. And he's like, well, like, a week ago is one of the times he talked to me. Mm-hmm. When he came over to my house and asked me if he could start parking, if I had cameras and where they were pointed, and if he could start parking his truck in the view of my cameras because there were people going around robbing people's cars in the neighborhood. Yeah, going into their like, trucks and cars and, and taking And he's things. like, that's the first time this guy's talked to me in mm-hmm. months. And... And the cop is like, oh, really? And he's like, yeah. And um, honestly, Chris is, uh, honestly, Nicole's son kind of, like, jots in and agrees, too. Yeah. And um, then the next funniest thing happens is... The the officer asks um, if Nate's seen, like, how... They interact with each other. How Chris and Shanann interact. And Nate tells him, he's like, I have heard them from inside my house, screaming at the top of their lungs at one another. Yeah, in the driveway. Yeah. Just out, uh, basically out in the open. He was able to hear them from inside of his house. And that's the first time you hear that they argue. That they're confrontational with each other. Exactly. That there's a problem in the marriage. Mm. Like a physical and verbal problem in the marriage. Yeah, besides Shanann talking to Nicole about 
her doubts with Chris. Mm -hmm. That's the first time, really, that it seems like anyone has actually come out and yes. said something about it. Yeah. Where it, it's 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 suspicious. Mm -hmm. It's very suspicious that how Chris's demeanor has changed since this has been going on. How he he looks nervous during the. Uh, security footage playing, but while he was at his own house, he was very calm and, and collected. Yeah. And so the officer ends up going back to Chris's house and going through uh, the rooms and stuff like that, and finally Nicole comes over to the officer with Shanann's purse. Mm -hmm. And everything is in Shanann's purse, including her medication. And the girl's medication. Yes. Which, again... If you were going to go somewhere... Yeah, especially if you have, a, like, a chronic illness. Yeah. That the is, girls have an allergy. That is something that you need with you. Are you telling me that, like, as a mother, if you were leaving your home with your babies, one of the babies has a nut allergy, that you're not going to bring an EpiPen? Something. Something. Just in case. Like, stupid. Yeah. And, um, and Nicole, at that point... I think Nicole had her suspicions. And this is yeah. Nicole Atkinson, by the way. Mm hmm Shanann's friend. There is another Nicole involved in Chris Watts' life, but it is a totally different person. Yeah. As, as things are starting to wrap up, the officer takes one last look through the house. Mm -hmm. in the Like, before he had went with Chris into their room, into Shanann and Chris's room, and looked in the closet and the girls' room and things like that, but the officer finally goes back into Chris's and Shanann's room and comments that it's kind of odd that there's nothing on the bed. Yeah. As far as sheets, blankets, pillows. pillows nothing. Absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. The only thing on this bed, it looks like, is a fitted sheet. A fitted sheet. Mm -hmm. There's no blankets. There's no sheets. There's no pillows, nothing. It is completely bare. And it's not even in the room. Mm -hmm. These things aren't even in the room. I think I think the pillows might have been, mm -hmm. but besides that, nothing was there. Because mm -hmm. the detective is also looking around the house with this police officer now. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty much what happens on the, um, on August 13th. Now, we're going to end this episode here, and we're going to be doing a part two to this, getting into Chris's interviews and the polygraph test and the things, things of that nature. The things you don't know yet. Yes. The next episode is where we get into the real nitty-gritty. <laughs> yeah, I said the same thing. <laughs> so, be sure to keep an eye out for that. If you like this, episode two is coming right behind it. Um... If you want to, you can go through our other backlog of episodes. We've covered the Zodiac Killer, we do horror movies, we play games with one another. Mm -hmm. It's fun times. It's not always serious stuff. No. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us, if you want to follow us on social media, we have an Instagram at podcast underscore cemetery. Yes. We have a Twitter that is at podcast cemetery. Yes. If you want to... Uh, get in contact with us more directly, we do have a email 
It's podcastcemetery at gmail.com. You know what? I'm giving you a big round of applause. This is the first time you've gotten that all I got this through right. without fucking all it up. Right. All <laughs> this right. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Uh, stay tuned for part two of the Watts Family Murders and Remember Times. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> Remember time. Remember, guys, sometimes dead is better.